I figure having me twice in one week is a little bit overwhelming for the Bokhrim, so I'm going to do the second one by Zoom. Um, or or just I'm too lazy to go twice in one week. That's another way of saying it. Okay, um, so we're talking about Lima Natar. I just want to talk about a few uh, areas of, of some pitfalls and de- challenges which come to the element of learning, the issue of Batola, etc. Um, there's an awesome story with Rabbi Victor Miller that's out. So a period of time, he was the mashkiach in Chamberlain Yeshiva. Uh, eventually he left and became a rov. He and Rav Hutner were very, both very, very principled and strong personalities, and they didn't always agree, so he felt it wasn't, wasn't going to be something which is going to be uh, conducted, conducive to what he wanted to accomplish, so he left. But while he was there, there's a story which took place about a bocher that he called his bocher over, middle for a seder, and he gives him this very large piece of cake. And he says, I decided that you needed to, to take a break during First Seder. Learning a whole, a, straight, a whole First Seder straight is difficult for you. I think it would be very beneficial if you take a break, and I'm bringing you cake. And he brought him cake. I'm not sure was that one time or that every day he did that. Um, and he took him outside, sat him down, says, enjoy the cake, and take, don't come back before 10 minutes. So... The message he was saying is, it's okay for a person to say, you know, I, I can't, I can't handle learning the whole, the whole seder straight. The person has some other kaiches and nefesh. Some people can, some people can't. Some people will have their, a goal to get to, to different levels of uh, hasmada in that regards. But being honest with yourself is very important, because if you're not honest, you burn out. So a guy says, no, I'm going to learn three hours straight, you know, and then he goes, he pushes himself for one day, two day, three days, and by the fourth day, he's plotting. So you t- if you take a spring and you press it down, and you press it down, you press it down, you, eventually it's going to bounce back. When it bounces back, it just, it, it goes all over, it ba- jumps all over the place. So it's not intelligent. But on the other hand, the person has to know that it has to be an honest assessment, and it, it has to be, uh, the break has to be c- controlled. My Rebbe, you told me an interesting nusach. He says, you should make sure that your e-seder has a seder. Your non-seder also has a seder. As opposed to, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a break now. I'll be back whenever. You know what, I, I, I know I need a 15-minute break. That's great. That's, that, I, need, I need this about for 10 or 15 minutes. I'm a little for seder. That's fine. All right? But 15 minutes should be 15 minutes. Again, do you have to get it down to, to rocket science? It's exactly 14 minutes and 37 and a half seconds. Obviously not. I need, I, Baruch, I need a certain amount of time out. I need to, to, to take a drink. I need to to, uh, to cop a schmooze. I need to take a walk around outside. I'm getting a little tired. I, I need to ra- wake myself. All of those are valid things that a person needs. But the person has to recognize how honestly what, what, what that's going to be. Uh, and the other end of the spectrum is if a person knows they're going to have a break, it's a little bit easier to start of Seder in an honest way. One of the biggest hatzlochas you have in learning is if you start Seder learning. Well, a lot of guys happens is they start, start the Seder, they, the first thing they do is they, they schmooze a little bit with the Kharusa, which is nice, you know, it's nice to get to know each other. You know, there's a story about a guy who was in Yeshiva who, who was a very big masvid and he had his Kharusa, you know, one day somebody asked him, like, you know, do you know your Kharusa's name? He says, I don't know his name. I never, we never ever talk. I, don't, I have no idea who he is. We sit down, I'm Rabbi, you know. Okay, that's not a, that's not a madriga that we're we're striving for. Not that in the same we should strive for necessarily. 
But um, something you say, you tell them a story, you tell them an interesting thing you saw, the thought that you had, whatever it is, etc. The problem with that usually is that that schleps out. Next thing you know, it's, it's, it's 20 minutes later, half an hour later, and you never intended it to be that long because he tells you a story back. And then, you know, and then you say a, certain, a joke, and then you tell the guy next to you makes a comment because he heard overheard your comment, etc. So one of the biggest tzlachas for, for Seder is to start off Seder learning. Uh, I had a group of, once we did the group of Bacharim, the first 15 minutes without any batala. 15 minutes. So you know that you have, more talks about the idea of pasmasel, you have, you, have, you have bread in the basket. You, you know you're, you're, if you really need the batala, it's available in 15 minutes from now. But the strange thing happened is that most guys, once they started, they didn't, they didn't batala. And, and later on, they took a break whenever they needed a break. You know, be, be it before shear. Some guys took it before shear. Some guys took it uh, at, uh, at 11 o'clock. You know, they started, Seder starts at like 8, 8 o'clock in the morning, obviously. So until you get to 11 and you're pretty tired, you know, so you need a break. Um, you know, the, the, for the guys who start, Seder starts at, at, 10, at 10.45. I think 11 is a little bit early for the break. But uh, I don't think that's an issue. I think most guys are starting starting on time, whatever the time is, 9, 9.30, 9.45. So, the time a guy gets 11, 11.30, maybe he needs a break. That, but he knows he's starting out in a serious way. So, um, if you can set up your day that you're starting out with learning and you're going to have a break later on, it's a much more controlled situation. Uh, the second issue, again, not in order of, of, of significance or importance, is Ramatazio Salomon once came to Cleveland uh, for, uh, for a simcha, the yeshiva, invited him to speak for the Bacharim. So he came to the, came to the yeshiva like late, late on at night after, after the simcha, so like, you know, like 10.30 or so, that he had, he had a 10.15, he had a shmooz, um, and he said for the Bacharim, and he spoke about the, the, what he called the credo of, of a bentara, different things that a bentara has to buy into. But one of the, the last thing he said was sleep. He says, many a God of Yisrael was, was lost on the way to bed. That was the way he said it in his, in his cute accent. And many a God of Yisrael was lost on the way to bed. Uh, learning a full, a full day is exhausting. As much as the people who never try to spend a, 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 day, a full day learning, you know, yeah, well, well, how, 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 why, what's so hard about doing it? When you try and do it, and you put in a serious davening, Eat, eat some breakfast and then put in a, a serious, serious first Seder, learn about lunchtime, serious second Seder, and a serious night Seder. You're tired by the end of the day. The more tired you are, the more the Yitzhahara has, has a Kinesa into you to, to, to pull you out and make you, make you get involved in Batala. The more that you're, you're, you're rested, the more control you have over, your, over your, what you're, how you're doing, what you're doing. I had a Chavusim tells, so a lot of you the, from the, all of the Bacharim were here from before, we have a wonderful person in our community, name is Ozzy Burnham. Ozzy Burnham's father, Rabari Burnham, and I were Chavusim and tells the Shiva. Rabari Burnham was one of the, was, I'm sure he still is, was one of the most organized and Masurdic of people that I ever knew. Uh, he went to bed every single night at 11.15. He decided he needs the excellent to sleep. 11.15, he was in bed, and he fell asleep very quickly. Um, and he got his seven and a half hours, the seven hours and forty-five minutes of sleep every single night. He didn't waste a minute the whole day because he was very well rested. Most Yerucham do not sleep enough. 
um, and which again the, the relationships the social element is very important the guys need that you have to understand that when you get involved in these conversations which last very very late it, it ends up killing your day the next day it kills your day during Seder during Shear if it, it, it's, hard, it's, it's so hard to stay focused any, any little thing slaps you away because you, you're, you're tired anyway you're not really fully, fully into it because of the exhaustion um, Shiva told us in Maisa so in 1977 your gifter fulfilled a, a dream of his that he wanted to go there to move to Eretz Yisrael so the yeshiva opened a yeshiva in the city called Telstone I mean Tells and Irving Stone of the Stone Chumash fame together established the city um, Irving Stone put in half of the money and Tells Yeshiva raised the other half of the money to start a yeshiva in the city and her gifter left in 1977 and he took a kibbutz with him to a colonel to start a yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael um what happened to the yeshiva was that in 79, Rebar Sarotkin, who was a gifter's co-rosh yeshiva, was nifter, and the, the stipler told the gifter to come back to America to retake the helm of the Tel's yeshiva in, in, in Cleveland. So Rebar gifter was there in, 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 in Telstone for two, almost two, two full years. He left after Sukkot, he came back for Ellis, almost two full years. So during the time that he was there, he, had a, he, had, he took a group of, uh, of about 16 Bachram, I think, something of that sort, with him, um, handpicked Bachram, and they, they came very close to the Shiva, and uh, etc. So I was slated to go in the next group, which never happened, um, much to my consternation. So the Shiva told us a story that your gift was extremely close with the stipler, and one time he went to visit the stipler, and he walked into the stipler, and the stipler told him, and it says, he said it in Yiddish, I'll give it to you in English. He says, I hear by you and the yeshiva, the Bokram are are sleeping very little. They're staying up late and learning. They're staying up late and learning. He says, tell them that that they have to sleep eight hours a night in my name. And tell them if they don't sleep eight hours a night, they're going to be such a maratzim, they wouldn't even understand the Pasha the mission. That's what the uh, stipler, now the stipler was a masman. Don't Nobody can be chosh to the stipler for not being a master when he master He says, but if you get, he says, you can make a cheshbon for a bachur's seder hayyam. So a stipler in a letter has a cheshbon of the bachur's seder hayyam. He says like this, a person sleeps eight hours at night. Okay. So he has a full night's sleep. Then he spends over the day between shachris, mincha, and maariv, and benching, etc., two hours a day davening. Right? Okay. So that leaves him now there's 24 hours. There was 16 hours uh, after the sleep, so that's now he has 14 hours left. He says two hours a day. The person eats something and takes a break, etc. So now he has 12 hours left. See, a person can get 12 solid hours of learning in every single day. He says, but if you don't sleep, you're not going to get 12 solid hours of learning in. So if you get 12 hour, solid hours of learning in day after day after day, you'll become a real tamachacham. So, arguably, first seder is four hours. Second seder is three is three hours, right? That's seven hours. You have five hours left to go, right? Well, after supper, eat supper. It's by seven o'clock, you sit down and learn. You can sit down and learn until eleven. That's four hours, right? You can still go to sleep by eleven thirty, right? And get up at you know or eleven. Get up at seven. Get eight hours in, 
and you can pack in your lunchtime and pack in your other time because you're not tired. You so you're not easily easily swayed in the other direction. Then he says, Rebarkin is supposed to learn twelve hours a day, and he doesn't learn twelve hours a day, he learns ten hours a day. So he lost two hours. But he didn't lose two hours. Because Chazal said that any time that you leave the Torah, the Torah leaves you. So everything you should be putting in, if you pull it, slap away, it slaps away from you a little bit. So it, it, it's it's a big loss. It's a big loss. Now, now I have the I have the machla. I, I tend to, I, don't, I don't tend to sleep too much. My father Lola Shalom did not was not a big sleeper, and I, I I seem to be inclined towards that also. But I know the days that I really get a good night's sleep, um, which is usually Friday nights. The next day, my learning is that the quality of my learning is much better. The, the, the ability to sit down and focus without being distracted by anything around me is much greater than at my Shabbos afternoon Seder because I slept a good night's sleep Friday night, which is usually the only night of the week I get a good night's sleep. Um, and if I could create a ske- schedule now at this point in my life where I'd be able to do better, I've worked at it. My, my Kabbalah for this year was to get more sleep. This is, you know, you know, people make different Kabbalahs for the Yom, Yom Kippur. My, my Kabbalah for Yom Kippur was one Kabbalah, more sleep. I have not done so well in my Kabbalah yet. But that's what I'm just trying to share with you, that, that the importance of sleep. Now, obviously, it's important to sleep. You have to understand, if you have a guy who is taking that seriously, everybody has to respect that and be careful, make sure they don't, they don't, they don't keep him up. Um, you know, the, one of the biggest challenges of a dorm is um, the, being able to sleep because there's a lot of noise around you. Um, some people are better at it than others. You can fall asleep anywhere. And some people can't. And people have to respect that. You know, that, that you have a roommate which uh, sleeps lightly and has difficulty falling asleep. So if you want to talk, go down, the, go out, go, go somewhere else, you know. Or, or uh, you know, better go to sleep yourself. But if you, know, you need to talk, you guys need to talk, they want to discuss something, etc. Um, now, this is not a new problem. This problem of the guys staying up late. We have this problem in Tells also. That's a cute story, which is not part of the Shmuz, but it's a great story. So, when he came back from Eretz Yisrael, he had given his house to his son. Um, they had a housing for the yeshivas on, on, on the yeshiva campus. He given his house to his son. So he came back and he told his son, you stay in the house. I'm a, I don't want to be in a, in a, in a house anymore. I belong in Eretz Yisrael. It's Golis. So there was a small apartment in the dorm which had been built for the cook. The cook was in, was a, and his wife were, were survivors. Um, they didn't have any children now, but they weren't have, able to have children. And they were the cooks of yeshiva, and they built a small apartment in the yeshiva, in the door in the, in the dorm for the cook and his wife. And they were they were no longer um, they were at that point in time they were in nurse, the, the the husband was in a nursing home, the wife wasn't was alive, any, alive anymore. So the, the apartment was empty. So they read they redid it, and the yeshiva moved into the dorm. So yeshiva was living in an apartment on the first floor. Um, one Thursday night. Two stories above the reshiva, there was a a, a long, very late night uh, conversation amongst the barkers sitting in one of the rooms talking, schmoozing, and the reshiva heard it from his window, and went up to the third floor to uh, tell the barkers to go to sleep. Um, the reshiva had a very distinctive way of talking. I don't know if, you ever, if, you, if any of you have ever heard any tapes from the reshiva. And there was a Bakran Yeshiva who was a phenomenal mimic. He was able to imitate the Yeshiva's way of talking very well. She goes up to the third floor. He knocks on the door. He would not walk in the room without knocking. And somebody inside the room says, Who is it? Mordechai Gifter. So the guy inside the room says, Heshi, you know, cut it out. Not, you know, 
not bothering us. Um, so, Yeshiva um, says, Mordechai Gifton. Heshi, you know, cut it out. Yeshiva opens the door. Now, the guys that were there told me that one of them was, told me he was ready to jump out of the third floor window from embarrassment. He was just ready to jump out the window and just get out of there, just like about the level of embarrassment they had. But uh, so it's not a new problem, this, this music of, uh, of staying up late and schmoozing. You, you weren't mechadoshit, and we're not going to solve it here. But to be understand that, that, that it, it's, it's, a, it's a tremendous mile of a person can get a, a solid level of sleep at a nighttime, you won't, eat, you won't be tired during the day, you'll accomplish a tremendous amount during the day, and you'll enjoy your learning better. Right? Because the more focused you are during your learning, the, one of the things that we have, we've done, some of the Bachram have experienced that we have the Ritzifas, during Shabbat we have the Ritzifas program, where we learn um, straight for, for a period of time without interruption. And the guys who do it, you know, it's hard at the beginning. But once you make your mind you're going to do it, you do it, and it, it gets very enjoyable, because the, the learning builds in itself. It gets a gishmak to it. There's a letter from the Chazanish, which is like, he talks about the idea of Ritzifas, of hours upon hours upon hours. You know, we're not, that's not what we're aiming for. But we're aiming for that a person can, can during a Seder, if he's really well rested, and he, he could sit down and stay focused, he can learn the Seder. And um, he'll enjoy it. He'll enjoy the, and he said, wow, where the time go? But when you're tired and you get distracted, it's very hard to keep it up. And you, you, you find it, it wears away at you and you don't enjoy the learning as much. Revolva, writes um, in our Yishur Chalik Beis, he writes about the idea when a person makes Kabbalah's Omach HaShemayim, when he says Shema. So it's brought down the swarm that you're supposed to be, be Mechavin Al-Kedosh Hashem. Which means Al-Kedosh Hashem means you're willing to, you know, even if it means giving up your life, you're willing to go into the, the, the fiery furnace Al-Kedosh Hashem. There was a Yid in Mansi, uh, his, his name was Amortcha, they, know, they named him Mordechai Tzadik. He was a vision of Chassid. His davening, his average shachris took him a few hours. I once davened in the, in the minion with him when he was davening Marv. He, he developed physical ailments from his intensity of his tefillah. When he would say Shema, you hear him say, Shema! Shema! And I'm not guessing the whole of Hefzik, Mutter, Oster. But by the time he was finished with Shema, you heard the man falling into the furnace. You push it, heard him falling into the furnace. Okay. Revolva says, that's not where we're holding. Nobody over here has been Mechavah, Mechashemayim, to fall in the furnace. You ready to do al Kedush Hashem? You really do, you ready to serve a Kedush Baruch no matter what? Learn an hour straight during the same. And in by when you say Hashem Echod, Al-Kiddush Hashem, no matter what, I'm going to learn an hour straight, he says. You might find that, you know what, that's a, a harder Kabbalah than the fiery furnace. There's a Misa once that the, they had in Russia, you know, they had the public truck, was the guy was to, to indoctrinate the people into the, the idea of communism. So communism, you share everything. So he brings up one of the comrades, he says, comrade, if you, know, if you would have two houses, what would you do? I said, I'd give one to the, to, to the, to the, to the motherlands. And you have two cars, what would you do? I would give one to the motherland, etc., etc., etc. Comrade, if you have two sweaters, what would you do? The guy's quiet. He says, Comrade, if you have two sweaters, what would you do? He's quiet. He says, I don't understand. You can give away to a house and a car and a, and, a, and, a, and a cow and a farm. You can't give away a sweater. He says, I have two sweaters. 
right? So uh, the, the fiery furnace is like, you know, that's not an Armat thought, but, but first Seder is here. That's real. You know, can I, can I be macabre, honestly, that I will learn an hour straight without hefs? So that would be an interesting, he said, you might find you better be macabre only on half an hour straight because you're not really ready to do an hour straight. And a Kabbalah, which is Be'emes, is much more valuable to Kodesh Baruch Hu than, than, than picturing fiery furnaces that you're jumping into. Okay. Um, the, one of the challenges of learning, so we spoke about sleep, we spoke about batola, taking breaks. Um, you need to enjoy your learning. The goal over here is that, that, that you know, there's a challenge over here. Um, a person goes to school, goes to uh, elementary school, high school, etc. He takes a smattering of courses. Why does he take a, you know, the guy says, I, I plan to be a mathematician. Why, why, why do I need to take English history? Like, who cares, you know, what year was the Norman Conquest, right? 1066, who cares, right? Where to take place? Like, it's not Nogaya. I love math, right? So wh- why do we have so many different courses? Because we understand that we need to create, for the average gu- student, various different options so he can choose, have a, have a foundation wherever, wherever direction he goes. The time a guy gets to college, right, so the guy is taking all this smattering of different courses and not going to get anywhere. That's the time to say, okay, I made a decision. This is the direction that I'm going. This is what I want to focus on. And now I'm, I want to become an accountant. So taking you know, the courses about biology are really not relevant to, to accounting. So it's a waste of my time. I'm going to do I'm going to be a much better accountant if I focus on all of the courses that I need for accounting than if I'm busy taking the, uh, you know, the, the, a, a class on classical nomenclature and, how to, and taxonomy. Right? Not intelligent. Right. So when it comes to learning, we have a, a process, something similar. Right? The foundation of a bakr and yeshiva, at some point in time, there's going to be people that are going to become very focused on the area of halacha. And some people will be focused on the area of lambdas. And some people will be focused on bikiyas. And some people will be focused on learning through Kabbalah. And some people will be focused on learning through, you know, learning through Tanakh well. The makam shliba chafetz. But whatever you're going to do, you first need to be exposed to everything, number one. And number two, you can't do one without the other. The, whereas it's possible, I could come along and I could say in accounting, you know, that the information in the biology class is totally irrelevant to accounting. There's no such thing. Everything is relevant to everything. A person says, I'm going to learn Tanakh without learning Gomorrah. You're an idiot. You're, you're, you're going to be an Amoritz Gomer. Because you don't know anything about Tanakh. How can you understand Tanakh without knowing Chazal's understanding, with knowing how to learn properly, and knowing Chazal's understanding of, of, of the different psukim, etc.? Right? A person who's a Baki in Shas can, can learn Navi and take out a Navi what Navi's supposed to teach you. Right? So you, you can't do one without the other. But the, problem, but the reality is that some people enjoy, sometimes even more than the other. One of the common issues which many Baki may have is they enjoy Bikiyas more than Bikiyas. You have some bacham and be even more than bikiyas, right? And some people, and many bacham, they find bikiyas easier to learn than be'iyan. Bikiyas, you're not straining your head that much. You're getting the basic points down. It's clear. It, it, it it's enjoyable. You see yourself covering ground. You you know, you say, okay, no, I can look back over a period of time. I learned 50, 60, 70, 80 blot. I know it fairly well. I chaz it over, etc. Iyan, 
So, you know, the shir goes like this, you know, it says, Rashi's mash like this, then maybe Pshat and Rashi like that, but uh, third Pshat, fourth Pshat, you know, my, 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 my mind is splitting. And then they, so what was Pshat and Rashi? I have no idea. So how are you supposed to remember that? It's very frustrating. Like, you know, so you don't remember it. You know, you, you end up covering X amount of blood. So you have, you, you, cover, you cover five, six, seven, eight, ten blood, and you're confused. So how are you supposed to enjoy it? Like, you know, but on the other hand, we're, we're told the time and time again, you know, the is the most important thing. So you walk away and say, you know, there's something wrong with me. I'm not a real Ben Torah. I'm not a real, because if you're a real Ben Torah, I really would enjoy Be'un. And I don't enjoy Be'un. It must be the problem is that I'm not a Ben Torah. Well, maybe the problem is that you're not learning Be'un right. right. So, yes, at some point in your life, there's people which, they come to a, a point where they, excuse me one second. That they come come to a point where their 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 greatness is bikinis, right? So, but at, at this point, you know, you got to give it a chance. So, Ian requires a few things that a person has to be. It is confusing, as we spoke about. You know, limiting the amount you're being exposed to. But besides that, writing is very 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 chasher. The Meshavah there says Tamuribiyada means you wrote it down. Writing, writing things down helps clarify. What exactly do I not know about this sugya? I know X, Y, and Z. I know A, B, and C. I don't know X, Y, and Z. Write it down. So you you have the, you have you've clarified to yourself in your own words what you're clear about, what you're not clear about. It's much easier to remember it. You you can you can write down. We had two, two approaches in Rashi. Approach A has this the, 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 these milas. Approach B has these milas, etc. So. Part of what the purpose of Night Seder, I don't know what what the Night Seder is, is you know, and post Night Seder was is for writing. During first Seder, you learn with the Chalusa, and you are working it through. And if you may, if, if you need to, you make a very very brief note to yourself so you can remember what you you know the, your your fish burn is. And your the purpose of Night Seder and post Night Seder is to make sure that your Ian is learned well and it's and it's written down and it's chazering etc. Because people go slow nowadays, they want to finish them and stuff. So people end up learning another lima post night seder. So that's why I, I, I mentioned to you, or maybe I didn't mention that. I mentioned to the, the conversation that to the guys one time. You know, for, tell us we used to go very quick for seder, but we spent first seder and night seder learning first seder. So we spent that the average of first seder was four hours long. We spent an average of about four hours night seder working on first seder. You learn first hour, four hours with your chavusa, and you learn four hours by yourself or with another chavusa, casting it over. But a lot of the time is spent re- reviewing it by yourself. You need to find time in your day to house over for Seder. If you want to take out the benefit from first Seder, which is going to be the bulk of your focus, the bulk of your day, and you not walk away after two or three years and say, you know, what did I accomplish on first Seder? You need to find time. If, you want, if, it's, if it's lunchtime, if it's post-night Seder, it's Arab Shabbos, if it's Motsi Shabbos, you know, whatever it is, right? you only get a benefit out of something if you put some put effort into it. And according to the effort, it's going to be the benefit. And the, and the result will be that you'll enjoy it. And the bottom line about learning is that you need to enjoy it. Because when you enjoy it, you absorb it. If you don't enjoy it, it doesn't get, it doesn't get absorbed. Okay, so, um, so and at and, and some point in your life, the Makam Shaliba Chafetz will play more of a role in the, in, in, as you move on in life. Um, 
some people are very you know enjoy everything. That's that, that's fine too. But some people have a, a certain nitiya towards. There's I have a safer from an individual that he, he had put out swarm and lumdis. He put out like five or six swarm and lumdis. He's put out four, 30 swarm in Kabbalah. None. Um, and his Rosh Hashim was not very happy about it. But once he got exposed to the world of Kabbalah, and, he's, and he takes his, he's, he's a kosher with Talmud of Rizal Salvation. He ended up, the result was not very happy, the fact that he went into the world of Kabbalah. But he takes his his yeshiva, his Gomorrah cup, and he learns Kabbalah well. So it's Meshur the Gazav, right? But the Maisa, he's not writing anymore on Lomdus, because he's writing on Kabbalah all the time. So uh, that's his Libo Chafetz. That's the area which he... So end with the Maisa. There's a reason why it's Libo Chafetz. The Maisa with the Alshech and the, the Rizal. So the Alshech lived in Smas at the same time as the Rizal. And the, 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 that, that Chabai Kedisha that they had over there, the Beis of the Rizal, the, the Haredin, the Alshech, the, you know, they were all there at the same time. right? You would have, would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that shul, right? To hear hear what that shul was like. So the Rizal was, was in Smas all of one year. Um, and during that year, he gave over a tremendous sodas of Kabbalah he was into very young. He had to send us a Kabbalah over to the Iker of Chaim Bital and then the other members of the of the, that Kabbalah as well. He told the Alshech not to come. Like, Lama Nigara, everybody else gets to go to Shir, but not me. He says, you're a Gilgal. In your previous Gilgal that you were here, you've been attacking everything you need to massacre in your Lima of Kabbalah. And your avoider now was the Masaka and the 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 the, the, the of learning Torah with, through Drush. So there's there's Pardis, there's Pshat, Remus, Soid, Drush and Soid. You've been Masaka everything you need. you have to Masaka in the world of Lima of Soid. You have no purpose, it's a waste of your time to go to the Shir and Kabbalah. You need to work on Drush. And Al Sheikh is known for his tremendous karak of, of, of Drush. That being said, the story goes, I don't know whether it's been proven or not, the story goes that the Alshech one time just couldn't help us, and he, he snuck into a shear from the Rizal in Kabbalah. So he w- walked into shear, and within, 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 uncustomarily to him, he fell asleep during shear. He never fell asleep when he was learning. Never. This only time he ever fell asleep when he was learning. He fell asleep, the first word that Rizal said, he fell asleep, and he woke up at the, when the last word was being said. Now, the Rizal, you know, sent them to bed, you know, basically, right? But the point was, it's a waste of your time. You're not using your time well because your Libo Chavetz is, is Drush, because that's what you need, that, that's what your Neshama needs to accomplish right now. This person, we're all Gugulin. We've been here before. Last time around, you were the world's biggest Lamdan. And right now, you happen to enjoy learning Halacha. There's a reason, because you learned all the Lamdas, you, you, you're attacking a lot of the Lamdas elements that you need last time around. Don't worry about it so much. It's okay to spend your time learning halacha. You know, last time around you were the biggest poisik in the in the world, but the, your lambdas needed something to be desired. So they sent you back, get some more lambdas. So you enjoy lambdas. You know, there's a, we, we, our neshamas are pulled in a way. There's reasons why we're pulled in those ways, and we have to respect that. But at the same time, we have to recognize we can't do one without the other, and you can't you, and you you can't you, you need to have a smattering of, of 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 everything to understand what you what to choose from, and in the world of Torah, you can't separate them. And that was the big point of the Vulgarian was that you can't separate the world of, of, of Kabbalah and the world of Halacha. They don't separate. And a person who doesn't really know Halacha doesn't understand Kabbalah correct either. And the different, 
halacha concepts, the place where Kabbalah seems to be arguing with halacha, if you understand halacha well, you can see that they're not arguing. And he made it as, as a yesoid that there's no such thing as a machloka between halacha and Kabbalah. And every place it seems to be machloka, he answered it up. Because those things is a steer and tar, like that. It's all deeper understanding of the same thing. So that's what we want to try and accomplish, is to reach a point in our lives where we're learning what can Chavitz with a tremendous background and uh, foundation in every area of Torah that we need to accomplish. Okay, everybody say.